I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments, Doug, where you just think to yourself, gosh, I can't go on like this. Um, yeah, I think it was probably about six, seven months after your experience at the end of 2010. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know don't what we're going to do. don't know what I'm no. going to do. No. no. Call it a day. I was going to call it a day in my financial services business at that point. Good morning, everybody. Today I'm joined by Yvonne Halling. Hopefully that's the correct pronunciation of your name, Yvonne. Should have checked that before we started, really. Now, Yvonne ran her own B&B business in the Champagne region of France, initially as a hobby. But then after a series of catastrophic events, where the B&B had suddenly become the only source of income for her family, in less than two years, she grew it from a 10K a year hobby into a professional, profitable and sustainable business making over €100,000 a year with just four rooms and no help from online travel agents, which is really quite impressive. Yvonne is now an international speaker, trainer, coach, mentor and award-winning online marketer at bedandbreakfastcoach.com which she set up in 2013. She's created the B&B Moneymaker Business Transformation Programme in 2014 and now shares her proven strategies and philosophy with her international client base of bed and breakfasts, guest houses, inns and boutique hotels. So I'm guessing she'll be able to point out some of the nicer ones around the world and I'll be tapping into her offline to find out where the best places to go in the world when we're finally allowed to travel. Now her clients typically add between 20% and 100% to their businesses in just one season and enjoy the unexpected side benefits of increased confidence, which we could all do with. Happiness, very, very important. And peace of mind, one of the most important things you can find in your life. We all want peace of mind. So Yvonne, over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself that I haven't covered off, you know, some extras, and um, we'll have a chat, see where we go. Hi, Doug. Thanks so much uh, for inviting me, and uh, thanks very much for that lovely introduction. Well, where do I start, really? I mean, my story is one of struggle, of course, like many entrepreneurs, I think, born out of struggle and determination and that kind of never give upness that a lot of entrepreneurs have. I started my online life, if you like, in 2006, when, um, well, just to kind of backtrack just a little bit to put it into context, we came to France in 1995, uh, because my husband wanted to do an MBA in luxury brand management, and he managed to get himself a place at a prestigious business school, just outside of Paris, on a one-year MBA course. So we packed up the kids who were two and four at the time and drove over to France in a dilapidated left-hand drive Citroen that we bought in London for cash from a dodgy dealer. And we arrived in France and rented a house just outside of Paris um, while my husband did his MBA. And he, he was very successful on his MBA and he was top student in his class and he was recruited then by Moe, the champagne company that you might have heard of. Absolutely. So we moved to Champagne in 1996 and it was very French. You know, this is before the internet, if you can even remember that. Um, So 1996, here we are in Champagne, me and the kids, you know, living the French life, living the dream, if you like. And my husband with his fantastic job at uh, Moet, 
where he was traveling like a lot, like two weeks out of four for about eight months of the year. And I got a bit bored at home, just me and the kids and, you know, and living that life with the French. It was very, very French at the time. And, and it was fantastic. You know, we had lots of great times. And after a, a couple of years, after about three or four years, I met two ladies who were running a B&B. And I thought to myself, well, I can do that. How hard can it be? Absolutely. Just got to cook some eggs up in the morning, right? You know, That's what I eggs, thought. Make, you know, make a nice home. Yeah. yeah. Make some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy some nice sheets and, you know, yeah. make a nice home. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, screw all the pictures to the walls and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in the end of 1999, I persuaded my husband to buy a house. So we bought in 2000, in, the, in January 2000, we bought a dilapidated house in a champagne village and uh, we proceeded to renovate it spent a fortune on renovating it to turn it into a little two-room b&b and a house for us as well and I ran it as a hobby uh, just to amuse myself while my husband was away and we loved it the girls loved it I loved it it was a real it was something to do while we were home alone and doing nothing and um, you know we had some lovely people and I did it when I felt like it not not when I not not because I had to yeah, because yeah. you know we didn't need the money. It was just for amusement. And then in two thousand and four, they had a big restructuring. You know those corporate restructurings they have yeah. from time yeah. to time. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we we had a big corporate restructuring at Moet, and they changed their work, the way of working, and they they let go of a whole swathe of middle management, and we were a casualty of that. So two, that was two thousand and four. Has a hubby lost his job? So we thought, well, what should we do now? And at that time, the champagne business in Champagne was going through a bit of a slump, if you can even comprehend that. But it was. There was something that made sales go down. And so nobody was recruiting. So we thought about it. And we thought, well, you know what? We've been here 10 years now. Let's go back to the UK. And to be honest with you, I just needed a change. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd been 10 years and, you know, I won't go into all the details. It's fantastic lifestyle, but, you know, nothing's perfect. And so we, we rented out the house, closed the B&B, rented out the house and went back to the UK. And we started a little business. And at that time, this is 2005, in the UK at that time, the online world was opening up. And it, there was a lot of buzz around make money online in your PJs, you know, while sipping margaritas. All of that stuff was going around. Can you remember? Do you remember that? Well, I, I, I sense it's coming round again at the moment, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it might be, certainly, yes. Certainly <laughs> everybody's working in their PJs these days at the moment. They but, are, yes, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. But it was really being promoted at that time. And there were these gurus like Frank Kern and, um, oh, just, I can't remember their names now, uh, John Reese. There were, there were the American gurus, the online gurus were peddling this make money online thing. So we thought, well, we're gonna, we'll set up a little business online. And we decided that, as my husband knows a lot about champagne, and I too had been in the wine business, we decided to set up a little a business, an online business selling champagne from our friends back in France. And, you know, we spent the fortune on a bespoke website and all the back end admin system and all the promotion, the pretty pictures and the brochures and the boxes. And that. we had some great clients. We uh, we were serving banks and financial institutions and each boss was our biggest customer. So you can imagine what happened in the crash of 2008, Ooh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Completely gone, completely gone. So 2009 comes around and we're out of money. Yeah, I can relate to that. 
completely out of money. We are, we've got no business, no income. And the only thing we got left is our pension pot. So we cashed in our pensions while we tried to figure out what to do next. And then the final straw, I guess, in the UK came in September 2009, when the house that we were renting over there caught fire and burned and was pretty much destroyed. Luckily, we didn't lose anything valuable, but we oh. lost the home. Yeah. So, now, so now we're homeless. Right. So a friend offered us a caravan and we lived in that caravan for four months. That was and an then, adventure. Mm, it, it, things <laughs> were pretty desperate. And, you know, we, as we huddled around our little Christmas tree in, in December 2009, wondering what on earth had happened to us, coming from, you know, a five-star lifestyle in France mm. to now got no money left, no, no business, no job and, and no home, living in a caravan. So we decided that as the tenants had now left our house in in France, we decided in January 2010 that we would go back there because I knew that if all else failed, I could just reopen the B&B. You know, people come, they give you money, and then you can go and get some food. It was that desperate. And so we, we borrowed some money from family and we went back home to our house in France and I reopened the B&B, but... Then, you know, some bills had caught up with us. We couldn't pay the gas bill. So that got cut off and we were basically boiling water to wash. And then the final straw, the the final, final straw came in March 2010, when I answered a knock at the door to find the bailiffs there with the papers to repossess. Oh, no. Right. Mm. So I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments, Doug, where you just think to yourself, gosh, I can't go on like this. Um, yeah, I think it was probably about six, seven months after your experience at the end mm. of 2010. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't know don't what, know what we're going to do. do. Don't know what I'm no. going to do. No. no. Call it a day. I was going to call it a day in my financial services business at that point. Yeah. So I said to the bailiffs, what can I do? And they said, you have to contact the bank. They've been trying to contact you for a year unbeknownst to me we hadn't paid the mortgage for over a year which made sense because we had no money Mm -hmm. Um, but I hadn't actually clocked it and then um, my husband was depressed and pretty much emotionally checked out Mm -hmm. so I had my little pity party and you know and then I I decided I picked myself up and I thought to myself after a couple of days I thought I'm not they're not they're not going to take my home this isn't happening I am going to make this b&b work or die trying. Yep. And, and I, you're here, so you didn't die, so that's No, nope. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I didn't die. It felt like it at the time, but I didn't die. So I wrote this long letter to the bank. I worked out that I needed to make €40,000 in order for us to stay alive and stay afloat and, and you know, stay, stay there. Yeah and keep the house. Uh, I had no clue how to do it. I'd only ever made about 10K before. Yeah. But I wrote a long letter to the bank, all in French, got it translated professionally. I speak French, but my written French isn't that good, and it had to be good. Yeah, yeah. And it was about nine pages long. I gave them the whole nine yards, the whole sob story, and waited for their reply. <laughs> And then the reply came and I looked at that envelope, you know, it was about two days before I could open it. Yeah. 
which way is this going? Exactly. Yes. And then I finally plucked up the courage to open it and they agreed to my proposal. It was like, God, it was like, on the one hand, it was thank God. And on the other hand, it was, oh, now I've got to do something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so I got to work. And within the first year, I got to I got to October, I I got to work and, and I put all of my online marketing skills that I'd learned in the failed champagne, online champagne business. Yeah. I put that to work in my B&B. And by October, I'd made 40,000 euros. And by December, as we closed the doors on the 20th of December for Christmas, I had made almost 50,000. And then something magical happened. On New Year's Eve 2010, we were closed and I got a phone call from two couples who were driving back from Switzerland and they wanted to stay the night and have dinner and buy some champagne. And that just tipped me over the 50 grand. Awesome. In that first year. And in the following year, I made 103,495 euros. Is that an approximate figure? No, that's that's the exact figure. (laughs) (laughs) It sticks in my brain. Oh, yes. But what I forgot to mention is that, you know, I had four rooms at this stage because we moved out of our bedrooms and we moved into the basement. And so because we needed to, I needed to have four rooms. I needed all the available accommodation. So we camped in the basement. Um, So, yes, the approximate figure is 103,495 euros, um, which was amazing, I think an amazing thing to do. And I didn't, you know, without listing with Airbnb, without listing with booking.com, they were ringing me every week saying every, every couple of weeks saying, okay, do you want to list on our site? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, not taking my, my business away. I don't need you to, yeah. to get guests for me. I know how to do this. I know how the internet works and I can do this myself. And I did. Excellent. Excellent. So that, well, so the long nine page proposal, mm. right. So you had a goal then, presumably, yeah. Had a we goal. had the forty euro goal. Obviously. That was my goal. And and had you written it down then? Yes, I wrote yeah. down my and goal. And you'd done all the calculations and yeah. all the rest of it. I knew how many rooms I needed to sell. I knew how many. I knew what my occupancy had to be, and I just I watched it like a hawk. I yeah. I kept I kept the financials spreadsheets were in front of me every day and as soon as somebody booked I plugged it in and I could see it mounting and mounting and mounting I created my own spreadsheets actually which which clients use to to this day because they are really good because you can see at a glance where you are at the end of the year compared to last year as well if you've been going a couple of years you need to know not at the end of the year you need to know on a week by week basis if you're hitting your targets or not if you're yes. setting a goal, you've got to have milestones along the way. How much do I need to make this month? Yeah. How many rooms do I need to sell this month? How many dinners do I need to sell? How much champagne do I need to sell? How much? How many champagne tours do I need to sell? You know, because we 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 started a champagne tour business because as the business grew, clients guests asked us for things. You know, yes. which yes. is how we expanded it to a hundred thousand euro business, not just by selling rooms. Okay, so it was a very much needs must. Mm. back up against it mm. and it is incredible because it's like it wasn't anything that you'd done before I mean you'd done variations of it you know the selling the selling online etc and you'd done the couple of rooms on the B&B but here it is up against it and you just did what it takes yeah 
And that is a thing I think for many, many people that think about, you know, all these business owners and they see them and they see how successful they are. And it's like, oh, well, that can't be too hard, but they don't hear the backstory. No. They don't see the, no. you know, the, the pain, the pain mm. that, mm. that, that, that's gone through mm. the nearly losing property, you know, well, and, and it has an amazing, what well, not, not an amazing and, you know, devastating effect on, on relationships as well. You know, oh, it pushes yeah. those to the limit as well. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's not just about having an idea. It's, you know, it's, it's a hundred and ten percent that you're putting into this if you decide that you're going to be, be a business owner. The main thing that changed for me, because when you work for yourself, it's not at all like having a boss. It's not at all like having a job. Not at all. And the main thing that kind of had to change, really, when we were you know, running the champagne business, you know, that was the hardest part, really, because mm-hmm. that was when the mindset shift had to take place from a corporate employee mindset for both yep. of us, you know, me yep. and my husband, into that of an entrepreneur who's willing to take a few risks, yep. you know, who's willing to try something without knowing that it's going to work. Yeah. And then because most of what you do as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, doesn't work. No, no, there are so many crashed and burned ideas along the way. But, you, but, you, but the ability to keep going, I think, is, is the mindset that you need to have, you know, and you're right. You know, people look at these successful online business owners, online entrepreneurs, and, and they don't see all that. You know, you, you don't see all that, all this, the personal struggle mm-hmm. and the pain and, and the mindset changes that have had to take place because you, 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 kind of, you kind of have to become a different version of yourself in order to make the goal come true. Right. But you write them down. That's the important thing. Yeah. And note, I noticed there that, you, you know, it was like almost daily. Mm. You were checking on it daily, keeping daily. a track on it daily. And, yes. and that is, you know, that, that in itself is hard because mm. having almost – you know, if you don't make a sale that day, it's a daily failure. Mm. Whereas so many people think, oh, well, I'll get to the end of the year. I've got my target. And if I don't hit my target at the end of the year, that's one day of failure. Mm. Whereas, you know, if you're not, if you're monitoring it on a regular basis, it's like, you know, there's almost a daily battering. Yes. But, you know, but, but there are, you know, there are obviously wonderful days. There are wins as well. <laughs> there yeah. are big, big wins, and they, 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 they sort of make up for it. Yes, but, but it's important, I think, that you know, if you're striving for goals, is keep it monitored. Yes, and 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 keep on top of it, and and don't just think, oh, I'll see if I hit it at the end of the year. Certainly, no. if it's a a, a business orientated goal. Well, if it's important to you, you know, if the goal is important to you then it, you know, it is a daily, it is a daily, daily focus. It's like trying to lose weight. You know, you don't wait until the end of three months and see how you go. No, you know? absolutely. You know, you, you do it daily. It's in the moment, isn't it? It's moment by moment, whether you choose to eat the, the cookies or you choose to eat the banana, it's these little tiny choices in every moment of the day. Yes, I can, I can go and put a post on social media and I can tell people about what I offer or I, I don't need to. You know, yes. or I won't. Yes. And it's in those choices that, that make all the difference. Makes all the difference. So as you say, at the end of the year, it's not a one day failure. It's a multitude of bad judgment, poor judgment, poor choices, 
and 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 failing to hold yourself accountable and it's hard let's face it it's hard <laughs> it is very very hard but hmm. but the rewards yes the rewards are there you know but you just got to keep going so so have you got any we call them big hairy audacious goals bags i mean obviously keeping hold of your place was the big one Hmm. but have you got any others because you've got an online mentoring program now Hmm. so you help other people similar positions that you know b&b's and and the like um so but have you got a big goal going on at the moment that you want to share with everybody Yes, well, my, my big goal, that, that I, my goal that I set last year, which I did not achieve through obvious reasons, I think hospitality has been very badly battered. hit. Yeah. Yes, very battered. Um, but we're going for a quarter of a million turnover in 2021. I'm very optimistic about 2021. And uh, the hospitality industry is optimistic as well. So I'm, That's pleasing we, we, to hear. Yes, I mean they, they've they've suffered a lot. They've mm. suffered a lot, and you know, myself and my team, we've we've done what we can, done our best to keep them keep them connected and keep them emotionally buoyed up. But mm-hmm. you know that those in in our network. But uh, yeah, this this year is the go is the is the goal for a quarter of a million. Excellent, mm. and you've got that all written down and it's planned. All written and, down. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. That, and I think that is an you know an important thing because it tucks things away into the brain to keep get going. It, it does. It and it, it tells the subconscious uh, what what your what you want, and then the subconscious goes to work for you. Yeah, it notices things, doesn't it? Mm. Which it ordinarily wouldn't notice. It's crazy it's about that. It's uh, yeah. it is weird. It I'm is a big weird. believer in having the subconscious mind do the work for you. So writing out what I'm grateful for at the end of the day before I fall asleep. And then I often, well, almost always throw in something that hasn't happened yet to tell my subconscious mind to work on it while I'm sleeping. That's a good one. I like Mm. that. We like Mm. all these little tricks, these little Mm. things, Mm. you know, just that little ad, a little ad here just to improve people's well-being thought processes and and long-term achievements yeah so that's excellent excellent yeah just just writing something down that hasn't happened yet and just saying I'm I'm so grateful for you know x number of clients that have joined my program this month and and they haven't yet but they but I'm optimistic I know that they're there and my energy attracts them good I like that law of attraction some Mm. people say it's a bit woo-woo but I think it's like that you you notice things. If you tell the world what it is that you want, you notice things as they come along and, then, and, and, and you act upon them. Whereas ordinarily, if you had no clue of what you wanted to achieve, you wouldn't notice these things anyway. Totally, so, totally true. So that's, uh, that, that's good. So um, sh- shameless plug opportunity here. Um, what sort of clients are you looking for? Just in case, you know, anybody listening to this is thinking about... It already has uh, a BNB, or, or you know, uh, well, yeah. You you tell us what it is that you can help people with, and and what you can do, and shameless plug opportunity. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. We help uh, independent hospitality businesses, be it BNBs, guest houses, inns, as they're called in the US, um, and boutique hotels. Any any hospitality business where the owner is part of the reason that people come. 
So if you're really good, if you're listening to this and you're really good at hosting, I was really good at hosting, right? Making people feel welcome, cooking nice food, making nice rooms. If you're really good at hosting, but you're not so hot on the business and marketing, then we can definitely help you. If you're new to this industry, if you're at that point where you've had this dream of running a B&B for a number of years, and maybe 2020 allowed you the time for some self-reflection, and you thought about, I've got to make that dream come true. I really want to run a B&B or a guest house, or I really want a small hotel. And you're at that point, then come talk to us first, because there are some pitfalls that you don't know about, because you don't know about this industry that I would love to help you with. I have loads of free trainings. I have a YouTube channel uh, with tons of uh, short snippets of uh, trainings on what it takes to run a business in hospitality, as well as good hosting. Excellent. Well, we're going to make sure, make sure, absolutely make sure that in the show notes, there's every possible way that anybody could ever want to be able to get hold of you. You know, if you're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and links to your YouTube channel. So it will be in the show notes um, for everybody that's listening. But um, I think, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just say, you've got one more chance to share something with the world right? You've done your plug. It's like one nugget that you think everybody needs to know this. And it can be in your industry or just a generic one. Go for it. I know I've put you on the spot with that one, but you know, I always, because that brings out the juices. What I've discovered over the years is that you get what you expect. We have the ability to speak our reality into existence. And so be careful of your language, the words you use, the assumptions you make, the excuses you make even, because all of it is manifesting into your own reality. And if you're not liking your life experience, then it starts with changing the song that comes out of your mouth, if you like. So be careful what song you're singing, because that is going to be your life experience. And, and the good news is that anybody can sing a new song. That's brilliant. There you go. You see, just every now and again, throw it out to these people and they come up with gems. That's an absolute gem. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank and you, as I say, we'll make sure all of your stuff is available for anybody that wants it. And we will catch up soon. We'll see how you get on with your quarter of a million target at the end of the year. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be uh, a guest. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you for listening to this week's Goals Do Come True. If you want to be held accountable, email your list of goals to doug at dougbennett.co.uk. And to find out about my latest talks and upcoming book, visit dougbennett.co.uk.